welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for the week ending Saturday the 27th of August 2022. This is Janet and your other readers are Alan, Amanda and Graham. The editor this week is Eleanor. All are members of Team 3. Most of our news items are taken from the Hemel Hempstead, Berkhamsted and Tring Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442 unless stated otherwise. This week's headlines are Back on a Bike, Medieval Festival this weekend, Hospice Garden Party to Return and a reminder of our AGM. These and other stories follow. Here is the news. First of all, don't forget our AGM. Next Saturday, the 3rd of September... It is at 2pm in the main hall of Adifield Community Centre, Queen's Square, HP24EW. Tea, cakes and entertainment are included. If you would like a lift, please call Audrey, DTN Secretary, on 217-918 to arrange. Hello, this is Alan. Bikers make a surprise visit. A former racer has been treated to a motorbike ride from Decorum Motorcycle Riders after a manager at his care home asked for help on Facebook to grant his wish. Harry Spinks, 94, was surprised by the motorcycle riders on Saturday, August the 20th, who met with him to discuss all things biking. The biker group started their journey to see him at Monk's Inn in Hemel Hempstead, driving up the A41 DMR, stopped to pick up more people on their way to Harry in Berkhamsted, who was waiting and waving on his balcony as the riders arrived at his care home. Harry, who was formerly a bike racer and mechanic, made it down to the front of Ashlyn's care home, where he was greeted by more than 40 bikes. John Andrews, organised and member of DMR, was part of the convoy, which turned out to put a smile on the faces of Harry, his family and the care home staff. John added, We wanted to do this because he's a fellow biker and it's just something nice to do. We wanted to put out there that not all bikers are bad. He added, I'm so proud of my DMR family, and especially Gavin King, who is my rock, and Joseph, they are so special to us. For a special surprise for Harry, a member of DMR brought his, brought his trike to the event for Harry to sit on and enjoy a trip round Ashland Roundabout. Kelly Huxtable, who is the care manager of Ashlyn's residential home, posted the appeal for help to grant Harry's wish. She said it was an absolutely wonderful feeling just to be able to help him. It was absolutely mad. I got upset and it was a really emotional day. Kelly added, it was amazing just to see how they reacted to some so poorly. The atmosphere was brilliant. The guys were fantastic.
Hello, I'm Amanda. Decorum families and residents are invited to attend Berkhamsted's first ever medieval festival this bank holiday weekend. Berkhamsted Cricket Club will play host to the festival organised by Berkhamsted and District Chamber of Commerce. On Sunday and Monday, August 28th and 29th, the inaugural Berkhamsted Medieval Festival will provide locals with entertainment, including reenacted battles, tournaments and competitions. With families in mind, there will be plenty for children to do and see, like wandering jesters and magicians. There will be spear and axe throwing for adults and a tug-of-war competition which teams can enter. From noon until 5pm, the festival is open and we'll have a good uh, we'll have a food area with fully licensed bars serving medieval styles of ales, cocktails and soft drinks. Berkhamsted Chamber has also funded a local school project to create felt tapestries for the event. The project, which was overseen by a former manager and talented local artist, Joe Kidd, saw 10 schools create unique and symbolic tapestries. These will be formally handed over by the Mayor of Berkhamsted, Wendy Conian, Monday at a special ceremony. This historic festival is being brought to the community courtesy of Berkhamsted and District Chamber of Commerce. Chairman Peter Ellsworth said, I felt Berkhamsted, with all its historic connections, deserved its own medieval festival, set in this natural idyllic setting, and this will be done in the true spirit of a great festival atmosphere. He added, Importantly, as this is primarily a local community event, monies raised will go to local community causes. Tickets for the event can be bought at www.berkhamsted-chamber.co.uk forward slash event forward slash medieval hyphen festival hyphen Sunday hyphen 28th hyphen August forward slash. Hello, I'm Graham. A local hospice is running its popular garden party this September after it was forced to cancel previous events due to the pandemic. On September 11, thousands are expected to come to Astridge House to enjoy cream teas on the terrace, drinks on the lawn and live jazz. Classic car enthusiasts can look forward to scores of vintage vehicles. There will be a range of locally produced food and drink, a fabulous shopping village and entertainment for children. The family-friendly event will start at 12pm, finishing at 5pm and is the largest event in the hospice's fundraising calendar. Kate Grigg, Joint Director of Fundraising at Hospice Hof St Francis, said over 5,000 visitors joined us last time we were at Astridge House for the garden party for what was an amazing day. She continued, it helped us raise a record £50,000 towards the over £5 million it costs us every year to provide our free care. We can't wait to welcome our local community once again with activities and attractions to keep the whole family entertained. We're really looking forward to this year's event, which always has such a fantastic community atmosphere. It's a fantastic family day out. There really is something for everyone. With less than 20% of Hospice of St Francis's funding coming from the NHS, money raised for the hospice at fundraising events helps them to support more than 2,000 people. The hospice provides free care to individuals who are living with or recovering from serious illness 
and their families. This care is given at the hospice, at home, or in their health and wellbeing centre. Discounted advanced tickets are priced £6 for adults, £2 for children, and under fives go free. These are available to buy online at www.stfrancis.org.uk forward slash support us forward slash events forward slash detail forward slash Ashridge Garden Party or you can be purchased from any of its shops. People can also buy them from the main hospice reception at Spring Garden Lane in Berkhampstead. Alternatively, there will be tickets priced £8 available on the gate on the day. Local businesses that are interested in having a stall can email fundraising at stfrancis.org.uk. Tring School celebrated a very strong set of A-level and BTEC grades after students picked up their results on Thursday, August the 18th. The students, who sat their exams having had their GCSEs disrupted by the pandemic, were praised for working incredibly hard during their sixth form years, which faced further difficulties related to COVID-19. The school commented, It is important to bear in mind that this cohort has been more disrupted than any other set of students since the Second World War. Tring School's sixth form students will now be considering a variety of different options, including university, apprenticeships, jobs with training, or taking a gap year. Head of school Sally Ambrose said, We are very proud of our sixth form students who have achieved an excellent set of results this year. They have worked incredibly hard under some very testing and challenging conditions. Overall, the grades are extremely good and reflect our continued strong academic reputation, placing us amongst the top performing sixth forms in Hertfordshire. Many congratulations to all of our students on everything they've achieved. We wish them very well as they make their decisions on the next steps in their lives. Thanks, as always, must go to our staff, parents, governors and trustees for their crucial support along the way. This year's Berkhamsted School's A-level students have also uh, achieved record-breaking results. 28 students achieved straight A stars in their chosen subjects, whilst 121 students of this year's cohort achieved three A grades or better. Head teacher of Berkhamsted Sixth, Martin Walker, said, I'm extremely proud of all our 2022 leavers and how they have performed in these public exams. The students' hard work, determination and mutual support have paid off. They can now reflect on their school education with a sense of completion. In addition to achieving both their best and the best ever results achieved by pupils at Beckhamstead, the students fulfilled the school's value of serving others by dedicating over 270 hours volunteering to support and raise nearly 41,000 for charities that needed the additional support following a difficult couple of years. Mr Richard Backhouse, principal of the Berkhamstead Schools Group, said, 
This cohort have demonstrated how they are developing and growing to be remarkable young adults who we expect to go on and continue to learn and make a difference in our world. Plans have been submitted by Decorum Borough Council to build 11 new council houses. The new homes would be built near Tring Garden Centre on Bullburn Road outside Tring and the plans also include a new parking area for the nearby allotments. The plans, which are subject to Tring Town Council's final approval to the sale of the land, would include a small terrace of houses along with two and three bedroom detached homes. The proposed plans include houses which will have private gardens, solar PV panels, high levels of thermal insulation and heating is provided by way of individual air source heat pumps. Every house will have its own EV charging point and private parking bay. There will be a three-bedroom wheelchair accessible home designed in accordance with nationally described space standards within an environment that is adaptable to the changing demands of residents. Councillor Margaret Griffiths, portfolio holder for Housing Services, said, Many residents are priced out of living in their local areas, making it so important that we provide affordable housing options to enable these communities to continue to thrive. If we get the green light for this new development, it will enable us to provide much-needed affordable homes to residents in Tring and will help us to meet local housing needs. These new builds will be high-quality homes that people will be proud to live in. All the homes will be available for social rent through the Council's housing register. An application has been submitted to Decorum Borough Council to redevelop part of the West Hearts College site in Hemel Hempstead. The existing college buildings, known as Blocks D and J in Hemel Hempstead Town Centre, could be knocked down to make way for new premises with car parking and landscaping. The proposed application would also increase the space for students by 489 square metres and would add 34 more cycle spaces. And the new building could include flexible workshops, study areas and classrooms and IT laboratories. Plans show the building would be set over two floors and a high quality range of materials used to complement the area. Jill Worgen, principal at West Arts College has written to neighbours of the campus explaining the college's intentions. She said, the application forms phase three of the college's master plan and will look to replace the two outdated buildings on the northwestern part of the campus, close to the roundabout where Leighton Buzzard Road, Queensway and Warners End Road meet, with a modern and inspiring new building. She continued, the new building will aid in the de delivery of the college's curriculum which is tailored to local needs around construction, engineering, digital technologies and modern methods of manufacturing and a place which employs employers will take note of and where local people can raise their skills, aspirations and prosperity. Work has now begun on two brand new buildings at a Hemel Hempstead school. The Astley Cooper School is set to benefit from the new buildings and improvements to the school layout, 
which will include new science laboratories and teaching spaces. The school, which is part of the government's priority school building programme, was visited by Councillor Terry Doris to witness the groundbreaking ceremony taking place. Councillor Doris, Executive Member for Education at Hertfordshire County Council, said he was delighted the council was able to provide the funding for the school's new swimming pool, which forms part of the new sports complex, including a multi-court gym. Head teacher Sam Osborne said, The school continues to go from strength to strength, and these new buildings and facilities will give all our students the opportunity to access state-of-the-art facilities to enhance their education and prepare them for successful futures. Hightown Housing Association has celebrated 55 years in decorum and further afield with a short video documenting its history in the area. The video, which can be found via https colon forward slash forward slash bit dot ly forward slash three capital letters qvz lowercase kcl and he explains how High Time was created in response to Cathy Come Home, a 1966 BBC television play about homelessness. It also features images of the Hemel Hempstead's cornfield development being built in 1972. The Housing Association says it is the 16,000 residents across Hertfordshire, Bedfordshire, Buckinghamshire and Berkshire. A High Town Association uh, spokesman said, take a look back in time at where it all started and fast forward to the present day to celebrate some of the fantastic achievements reached in our mission to build more affordable homes and provide support for people. This week in history, August 24th, 1916, eight people died when Zeppelins raided the outskirts of London. On this day last year, Dame Jocelyn Bell Burnell was awarded the world's oldest scientific prize for her work on the discovery of pulsars. August 25th, 1978, the Shroud of Turin went on show for the first time on the High Altar at St John's Cathedral in Turin. August 26, 1952, the Soviet Union announced that the first successful intercontinental ballistic missile tests had taken, place, had taken place. On this year, day last year, scientists said they could have a potential new approach to malaria control after their research found a way to substantially reduce cases of the life-threatening disease. August 27, 1966, Francis Chichester left Plymouth in Gypsy Moth 4 on his single-handed voyage around the world. On this day last year, more than £500,000 was raised for the Terence Higgins Trust through the sale of T-shirts inspired by hit Channel 4 drama, It's a Sin. August 28, 1933, the BBC was used for the first time by the police hunting a wanted man. 
an appeal was broadcast for information on murder suspect Stanley Hobday. August 29, 1930, the Reverend William Spooner, who gave the world Spoonerisms, died. Road closures for motorists to avoid. Here are the closures to keep an eye out for. The Quorum's motorists will have six road closures to avoid nearby on the National Highways Network in the coming days and weeks. One is expected to cause delays of between 10 minutes and half an hour. Thankfully, all the works on the major roads either end before the bank holiday weekend or are scheduled to start once the holiday is over. The latest expected works list, with notes from National Highways, shows that six closures are due to start this week. A414 from 9am August the 22nd to 5pm August the 26th, slight delays, under 10 minutes. A414 both directions, Junction 8 to Park Street Roundabout, mobile works for drainage. M1 from 9pm August 22nd to 5am August 25th, slight delays, under 10 minutes. M1 northbound, Junction 8 exit slip lane closure for maintenance works on behalf of EE Limited. M25 from 10pm September the 1st to 5.30am September the 6th, moderate delays, 10 to 30 minutes. M25 anti-clockwise, Junction 21 to Junction 20 exit slip road closure for bearing works, diversion via National Highway Roads. A405 from 9pm September the 5th to 5am November the 1st, slight delays, under 10 minutes. M1 both directions, junction 6 to 10, carriageway closure for inspection survey on behalf of Waterman Aspen. National Highways, formerly called the Highways Agency and later Highways England, is responsible for maintaining motorways and major A roads, so closures of smaller roads will not be included in their schedule. Decorum residents have helped to raise more than £55,000 for a charity that supports firefighters in the UK by donating unwanted clothes, shoes and textiles. The Firefighters Charity provides all fire service personnel and their families throughout their careers and beyond with mental and physical health support. Eric Buckmaster, Executive Member for Environment at Hertfordshire County Council said, I'm delighted that Hertfordshire Fire Station textile banks are able to help with the fantastic work undertaken by the Firefighters Charity. Steve Holton, Area Commander for Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue Service, thanked Hertfordshire Waste Partnership and the Firefighters Charity for the work they've done. Mr Holton says the charity does some fantastic work in supporting the fire family and improving the health and well-being of our staff. Kevin Biles, sales manager at the Firefighters Charity, said, On behalf of the Firefighters Charity, I would like to thank both Hertfordshire Waste Partnership and all Hertfordshire residents for your continued support. He added, we continue to develop services for all of our UK fire and rescue personnel and income from your recycling scheme goes a long way in helping us to achieve this. For the year ending March 2022, 
over 44,000 kilos of items were generated through the 20 textile banks around the county. In Decorum, there are banks located at fire stations in Hemel Hempstead, Berkhamsted and Tring. A record intake of new firefighters are set to begin training with Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue Service next month. The 34 new recruits will spend 16 weeks learning all aspects of how to be a firefighter, from practical firecraft to intensive classroom work, learning about building construction, fire safety and community education. The service has also recruited more fire control officers who perform a vital role in the country's 999 call centre. Not only do they take emergency calls from the public and help reassure them, but they also manage fire resources in the county, dynamically mobilising fire engines and assets wherever they are needed. Last month, saw 2,753 calls to Hearts Fire and Rescue Service, an increase of 47% compared to the same period last year. Simon Tohill, Assistant Chief Fire Officer at Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue Service, said, We welcome our newest firefighters and fire control operators to the HFRS and the wider service family. They have joined the best career in the world and we are excited to see how they develop over the next 16 weeks. The training course is tough, both physically and mentally, meaning, meaning that the public can be assured that those who complete it are of the highest possible standard before they move to fire stations throughout the county and on to protect the people of Hertfordshire. Firefighters have been in the spotlight recently for their hard work during record-breaking temperatures and dry weather, which has led to an increase in fires in the county. Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue Service attended 1,313 incidents between July 1st and August 15th, compared to 900 only in the same period last year. Executive Member for Community Safety at Hertfordshire County Council, Councillor Maurice Bright, MBE, said, Our fire and rescue service is here to keep residents safe, and that's never been more apparent than during the recent heat, heat waves. We'd like to thank fire crews, control operators and support staff for their hard work in difficult conditions, as well as thank the public for helping to reduce the pressure on the service by following our safety advice. The service will be recruiting more firefighters and fire control operators in 2023 and is currently recruiting on-call firefighters. Find out more at hertfordshire.gov.uk
dot uk forward slash be a firefighter. Exclusive national world research reveals poorest shoppers are being hit hard by steep price rises on basic range food products as inflation bites across the UK. Supermarkets imposed price rises on almost 100 basic range groceries in July as the cost of living crisis continued to deepen, with a fifth of them becoming more expensive for at least the second month running. National World has been tracking the price of value range items at five major UK supermarkets since April. Between July 4th and August 2nd, we recorded 97 price increases at Tesco, Sainsbury's, Morrison's, Asda and Aldi, across almost one in six of products we gathered price information for during that time. Only 27 products came down in price during the same period. Since April, more than half of the value range items on offer across the five supermarkets have become more expensive. Average price rise for products saw increases of 15.1% across the five-month period, but 20 items have risen by at least a third, 33%, with two products actually doubling in price. Supermarkets imposed 102 price rises between April and May, 175 between May and June, 138 between June and July. Our research covers the value ranges at each supermarket. At Asda, these are the Smart Price and Farm Stores brands currently being replaced with a new range called Just Essentials. Aldi, meanwhile, has an everyday essentials line, although many products that are not part of this specific range have a price point similar to budget line items at other supermarkets. While Morrison's is home to Morrison Savers. Tesco and Sainsbury's both ditched their value lines in recent years, replacing them with a collection of in-house brands in an effort to keep up with German rivals Aldi and Lidl. And as the spokesperson said, we are doing all we can to limit the impact of inflation for our customers, including launching our own, our own new value range, Just Essentials, which offers more than 300 products at budget prices, along with dropping and locking price of over 100 family favourites and keeping them the same price until the end of the year. We're proud to have been recognised as the best value supermarket in independent research carried out by the Grocer and Witch magazines. An Aldi spokesperson said, We are the lowest priced supermarket in Britain and our customers always pay less for their shop with Aldi, which is why we were named as the cheapest supermarket in July by consumer champion Witch. A Sainsbury's spokesperson said, With costs going up, we are working hard to keep prices low. We are investing over half a billion pounds to ensure the items people buy most often are on the shelves at the best prices. And we are confident our Sainsbury's quality, Aldi price match campaign and price lock promise are making a big difference to our customers. Our latest financial results show that we are putting up prices at a slower rate than our competitors, and focus on offering customers the best quality and value food. The bold steps we are taking to focus on value means all our customers will find great deals when they shop with us and do not need to go anywhere else to get the best prices on their weekly shop.
A rehabilitation centre in Hemel has organised a fundraising challenge to secure funding for its life-changing treatment. Neurokinics, which specialises in activity-based rehabilitation for people living with paralysis, ran the Step Up Challenge from July 25th to 31st. Neurokinics clients, along with friends and trainers, were encouraged to complete targets of 1, 5, 10, 20 and 50 miles by push, cycle, run, walk or a mix of activities. Entry was £10 for adults and £8 for children, with all proceeds going towards the Neurokinics Charitable Trust, which supports the running of Neurokinics's Step Up Scheme. Now we come to the information slot. This is followed by the obituaries, what's on and any more news. Don't forget that due to the bank holiday weekend, bin collections will be one day later than usual. Welling Garden City bus station closure. During the development for cycle and pedestrian improvements in Welling Garden City, the main bus station will be closed for a period of two weeks from the 5th of September. Hearts Police's oldest functioning police station is throwing open its doors to visitors. Tring Police Station, which is over 100 years old, is welcoming visitors to its mini-museum. PC Laz Clark explained, As our oldest working police station, Tring's Police Station is a high street landmark, but not many people get to come inside and have a look around. I'd be delighted to give visitors a behind-the-scenes tour, as would PCSO's Bardil Agalili and Martin Ledbetter. The building has been home to Hearts Police since January 30th, 1914 and cost £893 to build on the site of an old butcher's shop and abattoir. It was originally also a house for the local sergeant and his family. The building was also equipped with one cell and a small exercise yard for prisoners. To take a tour, email PCLazClark at Lazarus.Clark at hearts.police.com UK. The obituaries on the family announcement page this week are Anne Arnold, aged 91 years, Peggy Maureen Barnard, aged 90, Daphne Ann Nutkins, aged 76, Kevin Reed, aged 62 years. May they all rest in peace. Do you fancy a short break? What about historic Durham with Beamish and Captain Cook and Whitby? Departure date is the Thursday the 6th of October 2022. The break includes return coach travel from Hemel Hempstead, four nights at the Jury's Inn Middlesbrough with dinner and breakfast and excursions to Durham, Beamish Living Museum and Whitby. Operated by Just Go Holidays, the cost for five days is £329. Or perhaps you might prefer the seaside at Torquay. Departing Friday 7th October, 
Enjoy a weekend of picturesque southwest scenery in Torquay, where the sea views and beaches make it the perfect escape for a few days of relaxation. We include excursions to some of the highlights of Devon's coast, including Dartmouth, Dawlish and Tynmouth. Your break includes return coach travel from Hemel Hempstead, three nights at a selected hotel in Torquay with dinner and breakfast, entertainment every evening, excursions to Dartmouth, Dawlish and Tynmouth, four days by coach only, uh, is only £159.99. For either of the holidays, phone 0332-342-519, quote J.P.M. You are warmly invited to entertainment at the Tring School of Performing Arts on Friday 30th of September from 3 to 5pm, followed by refreshments. A 14-seater bus is being provided at 2.15pm in the Gadebridge Park and Ride. To book a place on the bus, please let Audrey know on 217 918. Community Action Decorum has some trips arranged in September. Thursday the 1st, from Hemel to Nobby's Farm Shop and Tea Room. Friday the 9th, from Burke Hampstead Antring, a waterways experience consisting of a canal trip and lunch. Tuesday the 20th, from Hemel, Burke Hampstead Antring, a visit to Wardown House and Museum. Please contact Community Transport Manager on 212-888 or 617-634 Monday to Friday between 9am and 3pm. Community Action Decorum also provides the door-to-store minibus. Please call 212-888 to book. There may be a small charge. From Hemel Hempstead to Morrison's and Sainsbury's Apsley Mills on 2nd of September and 30th of September to Morrison's and on the 16th of September to Sainsbury's. From Berkhamstead to Waitrose on the 7th and 21st of September. From Tring to Tesco's on the 1st, the 15th and the 29th of September. From Bovingdon to Sainsbury's Apsley Mills on the 5th and the 19th of September and from Kings Langley to Sainsbury's on the 12th and the 26th of September. Eight-year-old Isabella Payne had an out-of-this-world experience during her summer holidays when she got to speak to American astronaut Kiel Lindgren on board the International Space Station. Isabella, from Broadstairs in Kent, managed to make contact with Lyndon via her dad's amateur radio equipment. Matthew Payne has had a radio licence for 22 years and couldn't believe it when Lyndon called one night. He had to quickly wake Isabella so she could speak to the spaceman. 
The International Space Station has some radio equipment that's used by astronauts to make contact with schools. They also occasionally call amateur radio operators like Matthew. Isabella has been a big fan of space since she was just two years old and was desperate to chat to a real life astronaut. And now she's had her chance. Lindgren also seemed to enjoy the communication. He tweeted, This may be my favourite contact so far. Return of the Enrich Festival. The inclusive arts festival, Enrich, returns to Watford Palace Theatre this September. Join us and Hearts Inclusive Theatre as we showcase the immense talent and diversity of neurodiverse and disabled people in the arts through drama, dance, film, art, comedy, music and poetry. Complemented with free, interactive and fully inclusive and accessible arts-based workshops for all ages, there's something for everyone to enjoy this weekend across this weekend extravaganza. It is on Saturday the 3rd and Sunday the 4th of September, 11am to 6pm. The Enrich Festival is hosted by Watford Palace Theatre, produced by Hearts Inclusive Theatre and supported using public funding by Arts Council England. To book phone 01923 225671. What's on? Music. Jane MacDonald, Milton Keynes Theatre, August 28th. The much-loved BAFTA-winning star performs along with her live band and backing singers. Audiences are promised striking productions and songs from her new hit album, Let the Light In. Visit atgtickets.com forward slash Milton Keynes to book. More music. The Nick Ross Orchestra presents the Glenn Miller and Rat Pack era. Grove Theatre Dunstable, August 27th. Recapture the sounds of a bygone era as the Nick Ross Orchestra presents an evening of music and song with the classic big band sound of the 1940s and 50s. Visit grovetheatre.co.uk to book. Open Air Cinema. Sundown Cinema. Luton Ho Hotel, August 24th to 30th. An array of crowd-pleasing films for all ages is in store at Luton Ho this month, courtesy of Sundown Cinema. The series begins on August 24th with acclaimed Elton John biopic Rocketman, rated 15, followed on consecutive days by Aberfield rom-com Mamma Mia, rated PG, hit comedy Bridesmaids, rated 15, Action classic Top Gun, rated 12A. Disney favourite Moana, rated PG. 80s smash Dirty Dancing, rated 12A. Much-loved family film Encanto, rated U. Jane Austen update Clueless, rated 12. And musical phenomenon The Greatest Showman, rated PG. Visit sundowncinema.co.uk to book or for more information. DTN has had a letter from Cathy Yelf, who is Chief Executive of the Macula Society. She writes, 
I wanted to remind you that the Macular Disease Conference 2022 is being held on Saturday the 10th of September from 9.15am. It's fully online and free to attend. There's still plenty of time to register and we'd love to see you there. You can register in advance or on the day. Set yourself up on your laptop, tablet or smartphone. You can even listen over your landline and settle in to enjoy this day's sessions. Highlights will include Professor Simon Clark's talk on the important role played by the complement system in driving dry AMD. Professor Linda Troberg's session on inherited retinal diseases an inspiring and entertaining talk with renowned British broadcast journalist Peter White, MBE. And much more, there really is something for everyone. If you're busy on Saturday the 10th of September, don't worry, you'll still be able to access the conference in full and watch it at a later date. All the sessions will be recorded and available on the Macular Society's website shortly afterwards. And now some cricket news. Hemel Hempstead Cricket Club's promotion dream looks to be over as they lost to newly crowned champions Old Owens in the Hearts League Championship. Hemel were bowled out for just 99 to lose by 103 runs after the bowlers had done well to restrict Owens to 202 for 7 in their 50 overs. Second-placed Shenley Village are at home to third-placed Fittick next weekend, and a win for either will leave Hemel out of the running for a spot in the Premier Division. Path Meta was in good form with the ball for Hemel, claiming three for 31 from his 10 overs, while Nick Hodgins took two for 50. Hemel will have had high hopes of getting close to their 203 victory target, but they were quickly reduced to 14 for 4, and the game was effectively up. Only three Hemel batters reached double figures, with Brett Penny comfortably the top scorer as he made 37, whilst Tom Waterton hit 22. Hemel 2s remain on course for promotion from Hearts League Division 3B after they saw off Cockfosters by 60 runs. Hemel struggled with the bat, but were thankful for an excellent 89 from Ed Langley as they posted 162 all out. Charlie Hoskins and Soren Pereira then got to work with the ball, claiming 4 for 17 and 4 for 10, respectively, as Cockfosters were rushed out for 102. Ben Mannering chipped in with 2 for 13. Hemel 3s were beaten by 6 wickets by Northwood 2s in Division 6A, while the 4s were 48 run winners over Sandridge 2s in Division 9A. Now to football. 
Boss Mark Jones was left to rue a mad six minutes as Hemel Hempstead Town threw away a 2-0 half-time lead to lose 3-2 at home to Welling United on Saturday. After an encouraging start to the season that saw the Tudors claim a win and a draw from their opening two National League South matches, they have now lost two on the spin, conceding six goals in the process. Next up for Hemel is a trip to the south coast to take on Dover Athletic on Saturday and Jones admits he will have to look at his team's soft underbelly as the loss to Welling followed hot on the heels of last Wednesday's 3-1 loss at Braintree. All looked so rosy at half-time as Hemel led 2-0 thanks to an early strike from Josh Castiglione and a Jordan Greenwich penalty. But by the 56th minute... Hemel were 3-2 down after conceding three quick goals and although Welling were then reduced to 10 men for the final 30 minutes, Hemel couldn't make their late pressure tell. It hurts and is incredibly disappointing for us, admitted Jones. We had a mad six minutes at the start of the second half that has ultimately cost us the game and this defeat is going to take a while to get over. It's hard to explain what happened and we have thrown it away, to be honest. The opposition then go down to 10 men and I thought we got into some good positions. But we are then shooting over the crossbar, mishitting the ball, missing glorious chances. We had more than enough opportunities in the last part of the game to get something and score a goal, but our technique let us down at vital moments. That didn't cost us the game though. It was the six minutes of utter madness from 50 to 56 minutes when we have gone from 2-0 up to 3-2 down. And he added... That is two games we have lost now and have obviously conceded six goals. You look at those kind of stats and clearly it isn't good enough. We changed it and went with a back three on Saturday and I thought we started the game pretty well and was pretty pleased. But it is a worry how we have gone from being in reasonable control to then being not in control. Is it a soft mentality? A little bit of soft underbelly? Possibly and that is something I have to look at. More football. A growing demand from England's lionesses to ensure all girls can play football in schools has been expressed in a letter to UK Prime Minister hopefuls Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss. The squad recently won their first trophy after beating Germany amid national celebration at UEFA Women's Championship final in Wembley. The team's victory and newly made mark in history has led to fresh calls for further development of women's football and wider participation for girls at beginners level. The Lionesses claim all schoolgirls should be granted a minimum of two hours a week for PE as the current generation of girls deserve more. The open letter signed by the Lionesses squad read, Dear Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss, history has been made. The dreams of 23 women came true. England became European champions for the first time in history. Throughout the Euros, we as a team spoke about our legacy and goal to inspire a nation. Many will think that this has already been achieved, but we see this only as the beginning. We are looking to the future. We want to create real change in this country, and we are asking you, if you become Prime Minister on September the 5th, to help us achieve that change. A report by England Football part of the football associations, showed that just 44% of secondary schools provide equal football lessons in PE for both boys and girls. 
The reality is we are inspiring young girls to play football only for many to end up going to school and not being able to play, the letter stated. This is something we all experienced growing up. We were often stopped from playing, so we made our own teams, we travelled across the country and despite the odds, we just kept playing football. This generation of schoolgirls deserves more. They deserve to play football at lunchtime, they deserve to play football in PE lessons and they deserve to believe they can one day play for England. A spokesperson for Team Sunak said Rishi passionately believes in the importance of sport for children's development and would love to see all schools provide two hours of PE a week. He has committed to launch a review of women's football immediately if he is made Prime Minister to make sure that all women and girls have the opportunity to take part in the beautiful game. A spokesperson for Team Trust said, Liz wants equal access to all sports for boys and girls and supports campaigns such as the FA's Let Girls Play campaign. She is committed to investigating what prevents schools from delivering the recommended minimum of two hours PE per week. New research by leading manufacturer My Name Tags has revealed that modern parenting styles are more lenient than previous generations. Over half of parents, 52%, agree they take a relaxed approach to raising their children with very few or inconsistent rules. For example, rarely saying no to their children's demands or being reluctant to impose limits. This can also be punishing the mistakes of a child too harshly or offering little warmth or encouragement instead of praise. Often this parenting style means there is no room for negotiation as parents ra rarely allow their children to make their own decisions. Although this may be due to the parent having the child's best interests at heart, this method can lead a parent or guardian to become too critical of their child and value discipline over a fun, relaxed childhood. This is as a stark contrast to the previous generation, with two-thirds, 66%, of parents claiming that their own parents took a strict and clear approach to rules when they were growing up. Some examples include giving orders with no feedback and not allowing children to pick out their own clothes. Some 53% of modern parents are more relaxed about what their children eat and drink than their own parents were, whilst two in five don't expect their children to help with household chores. Instead, modern British parents are focused on spending time with their children and supporting them emotionally. The study revealed that parents who allow their children to be children will promote an environment where they can naturally open up about their feelings. In their own time, children can grow to trust and rely on their family members without any feelings of stress or pressure. Although the parenting style is different, there are benefits to carers who take a step back and give their children space. To continue, parents also feel as though they show more love and affection to their children, 68%, and insist on more family activities than their own parents did. This can encourage a stronger ability to adapt to situations well, as, family and, uh, as well as family, and build a solid emotional bond between children and parents. 
Aside from this, children learn by example, and fostering positive relationships will build your child's memory of good behaviour. This can help improve a child's academic performance, which is associated with having parental guidance when needed. The study shows over two-thirds feel their children can be more open and honest with them than they could be with their own parents. This shows the impact of parenting styles on relationships with children and how comfortable they feel to rely and depend on them. This is reflected in parents' actions, with the research highlighting some stark differences between the generations. Whilst previous generations were more likely to support their children practically by teaching their children to ride a bike, buying ingredients for home economics at school, mending damaged clothing, modern parents are more likely to spend quality time with their children. During these periods, children can build their self-esteem and emotional bond with their parents. For instance, they're twice as likely to do arts and crafts at home and play imaginative games with their children than their parents did. These significant differences between parenting styles are reflected in the fact that almost a third feel uncomfortable with their own parents looking after their children. Life on Tap with Blaise Tap, who writes, You will not catch me talking the country down. By anybody's measurement, 2022 hasn't been a vintage year so far, but has it really been as grim as many are making out? On the face of it, this year is giving 2020, when the pandemic turned us into a nation of banana bread and box-set bores, a run for its money in the race for the title of Worst Year in Living Memory Award. War in Europe, the soaring cost of living, sky-high fuel prices, rising interest rates, a looming recession, record-breaking NHS waiting lists, drought, floods and a rudderless government were certainly not how anybody had hoped the first eight months of the year would pan out. That's before we get to the news that Jeremy Paxman is stepping down from University Challenge and the fact that soap fans no longer have their fix of neighbours. On his telly and radio shows, Jeremy Vine, the man to whom the nation moans during the week, these days only seems to talk about how millions of us will be able to heat our homes this winter. Listening to a tearful Rita from Rotherham explain how the increase in the cost of gas and electric will mean that she will have to live exclusively in her kitchen between November and April and subsist on only own brand beans and toast is enough to sour anybody's mood. This subject is revisited on a near daily basis and with some justification if we are to believe the recent newspaper headline that breathlessly exclaimed that the cost of living crisis is a bigger emergency than the pandemic. This latest national crisis is undoubtedly incredibly serious and has led me to not only worry about what it will mean for our own finances, but how it might impact older relatives and those friends and loved ones who long ago had already tightened the belt as much as they possibly can. If I had a penny for every conversation I've had about the increasing cost of everything, then I'd probably be able to afford a family-sized pack of Lurpak. Probably. To Jeremy Vine's credit, he does his best to lift the spirits of millions, 
by adding some light to the ever-increasing shade with items such as can you grow cucumbers in October and what is the strangest place that you've met a star of Dad's army? Continuing on, but not every broadcaster or commentator makes as much effort to lighten the gloom. It won't take consumers of any form of news media very long before being exposed to gloomy pieces which inform us that we're all doomed and that Britain really is broken. This time. While there can be little doubt that most of us, those who don't have a Swiss bank account and a living nanny called Prudence, are in for a difficult couple of years, does the situation we are facing really justify the almost wall-to-wall negativity that is currently being amplified across all media channels? However, it is really fair to say that the country has gone to the dogs. I don't think it is, largely because we still have much to be grateful for. We live in the UK, which is not only the world's fifth largest economy, but it's a democracy, which means that those at the very top are ultimately responsible to us. The outlook is bleak, but unlike crises such as the pandemic and war, it does feel like there could be the political will to come up with some sort of fix. At least we hope there is. I've never subscribed to the fact that politicians don't care about the problems the wider population faces because, having met many, it is ultimately in their own interest to stop the wheels from completely coming off. While it won't be a great source of comfort to many, things could be worse, and you won't catch me talking the country down. We are coming to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are 6.04am until and 8.02pm. For those with access to the internet, our news is lo- uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemmel.org.uk. If you wish to listen on Alexa, say... Alexa, open the talking newspaper skill. Alexa will ask you which broadcast you want to listen to. When prompted, reply, play the decorum talking newspaper. This part can be tricky. If Alexa offers the wrong station, just say no and then try again. For those who are listening to this week's news via a memory stick, After the music, there is the amenities section that gives details of various groups and the contact details of organisations. Please remove your memory stick carefully from the player and return it to us in the pouch provided. Seal it up firmly. Turn the label over and post it back to us using any Royal Mail post box. No stamp is required. Thank you for listening. Until next time, it's goodbye from all your readers, the editor and Andrew, your technician for this week. Goodbye.